Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse Nelson. Wow, it's been forever, it seems like. It seems like it's every yeah. week now is forever. It kind of does. And then all of a sudden that forever is gone and it's been two forevers and <laughs> it doesn't, like, I don't know what's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Are we, are we, <laughs> every time I talk to somebody, it's been 10 days, it seems like, and I don't, I can't keep track. Are we two or three forevers ago? Anyway, how's your coffee? I'll show you here on the camera. All right. You can see that nice little logo. I have some photos of this, so we'll put it up on our Instaham. Yeah, this is the Thoughts and Process Coffee from California. Thoughts our friend Mateo, our super fan of the show and just a general overall awesome dude that's a great supporter and moving a little bit more into some production coffee roasting and getting his beans out there a little bit more. So this is his uh, Honduras, the Guamadanta. Fantastic roast, Mateo. Like it's, uh, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a solid kind of medium roast. This reminds me a lot of our Honduras that we use in our local Focos blend that we talked about in I think the last episode, mm-hmm. the blend, the blend episode. Yeah, excellent, excellent roast, nice and thorough. It's very well balanced, very chocolatey, and really delicious, especially for Honduras. So thank you, Mateo. Oh, that sounds lovely. What are you drinking, Joseph? Uh, I'm still drinking the Peru. This has been that, you know, we, <laughs> that same giant, that bag same giant bag. No, seriously, like we. It's funny because we've talked a bit in um, in the past here and there throughout the history of everything how to like properly store your coffee and maintain freshness and all these kinds of things. Um, and <laughs> One giant bag for a year. Well, so like I ordered a five pound bag because drinking a lot of coffee and it's not just me drinking coffee. So yeah, you know, I figured it'd be easy to go through. Been going through a little slower than I thought. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a, it was a month since roast yesterday. Um, still tastes fantastic. Like, I wouldn't know. It's already been four forever. I know. It's been four forever since that was roasted. Um, <laughs> that was forever ago. And m- what I'm drinking today, I'm st- I still have some left in the actual bag. I filled up the airscape that I have at the beginning. So that's sitting there like sealed and has been for a while. Um, so it'll be interesting once I finish what's in the bag to open that up and then see if I can tell a difference just from what's sitting in the airscape. Like if I was like nitpicking this whole process, I would have ordered the five pounds and then frozen several batches of like, you know, Divvy eight to 12 yeah. ounces. And then, you know, you, you take, what is it? A vacuum, vacuum seal, vacuum seal the, uh, the batches and then um, bring them to air temperature and then, and then open them and then use them for the week. That would have been the, uh, the most uh, technically correct way to do it, I think. Well, or you just order a bag every week. Or just do that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give you, I'm looking at my five-pound bag of Ethiopia from March mm-hmm. that's open, like just prop wide open on my counter. It's been like that for a week, yeah. and it's fine. <laughs> it's it's three-month-old coffee in an open bag, you know, so the caffeine's there. It's surprisingly still very chocolatey and balanced. It doesn't actually taste that old. It's just missing some of those like right. kind of lighter notes on there. It's hard to... Uh, well, that, that's how I always always talk about what's actually happening as the coffee's going through the process. Is you're just, it's not like getting old and stale necessarily, although I think in some cases like oils can stale. It's more like you're losing yeah. vibrancy. The longer it sits around, you just lose Well, vibrancy. right. It's... Yep. It's uh, it can still be a really delicious just coffee, like in the roasting but... process, the the delicate parts of the coffee, the little acids and little fruit flavors and stuff get roasted out quickest. Those are also the parts that disintegrate quickest and you know go stale or disappear fastest in the in the roasted coffee. 
So that's why everybody wants dark roasted chocolate flavored coffee because it can be six months old and it still tastes the same. In fact, by everyone, I, I, I imagine mean just the general consumers right. that don't pay attention. But <laughs> totally <laughs> getting off a side side topic here to the to the show a little bit actually. This will this will come back. There, there is that dynamic of uh, when darker roast sits around for a while. I think it actually ends up tasting better because in, in some cases. You know, because the uh, a lot of those those like bitter acidic carbonization. I, think, I agree in a way, yeah. Fade away, right? Because there's some of that kind of, um, like you said, the bitter the bitter flavors that get created in the roasting process that then can evaporate quicker. Also, right. just like their their lighter flavored counterparts. I think that's true. I think in general, coffee, you know, after a couple of weeks, it stabilizes for a couple of months and then eventually just really starts getting stale. So I'll keep right. you updated on this giant bag of Ethiopian. Because I also have another two-pound bag of Spring Blossom, a bag of Peru, and then our brand-new Congo coffee that I just roasted, so I haven't tried that yet. Uh, yeah, I've heard I heard the uh, heard the Congo is available. Um, I probably need to get my hands on that. I think it's up on the website. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if it if it is... Or if it isn't, we'll link to Conduit in the show notes. Uh, it will be by the time this episode's out. Absolutely. Okay. It should have been out by the time the last episode was out. It's just that funny disconnect when you're trying to do stuff and, and you get it up on social media mm-hmm. and then don't actually get it up on where people can buy it. Right. <laughs> We're hard to get like that. So you can think about buying our coffee. We could just have a whole Instagram account based on the coffee that people think we're roasting, but not actually be roasting anything. Just buying stamps and putting old coffee into bags. Yeah, and not selling just, anything. Just make a new uh, coffee brand called Hard to Get. Yeah, faux conduit. <laughs> so Jesse, you're telling yeah. me about uh, something you stumbled across. Oh right, I think we've talked about this on the show past. I know you and I definitely have, and they all kind of blend together. I've been watching a lot of online live performances, a lot of uh, bands and music and stuff, and kind of got into some more stand-up comedy because, you know, there's, there are artists that are trying to get out there as well, just like musicians. And uh, it's kind of fun background noise to have on. So I've discovered in the last, whatever, forevers ago, I discovered uh, Liz Mealy, the comedian from New York, that really cracked me up. And then she had a YouTube special that came out about a month ago, I think, which was excellent. She's really funny and very real and very contemporary and just kind of makes me giggle. So I think she's great. And then it turns out because I stalk celebrities that I like, I stalk them on Instagram. It turns out she has a podcast mm-hmm. called two non doctors uh, with her friend Maria Shahada. And it's pretty funny. I have to say it's pretty funny. And I didn't really, you know, I wasn't going to bring it up with you except that in one of their more recent episodes, they talk a fair amount about coffee. And I thought that we should uh, address some of their, some of their, their points and see if we could have some fun and well you know you should have just as funny told as me they anyways are. because i i love uh, i love some good stand-up comedy yep it's a, it's a quality podcast and like they're they're real people and they talk about real issues but they're also comedians dealing with life as artists and they're very appreciative of their place in the world i think and what they're doing so it's, it's, i don't know it's a good good podcast we'll definitely link to it in the notes but it's two non-doctors like the number two and they are definitely not doctors uh so yeah the um they talk about on the show, I think, that they they are not doctors, but they know how to use Google. So <laughs> they get in. Right, yeah. which is why all of us are experts at everything right, right. now. I have my degree in virology from Google.com. Mm-hmm. And that, that plays into the uh, the them talking about coffee as well, which is which is quite fun. 
they have kind of a cute segment about what they Googled. Um, so Liz Googled how to do French braids, and then they talked a lot about French braids. And then coincidentally, Maria Shahada said she Googled about French presses. She's wondering if French pressed coffee is good for you or is bad for you, which immediately perked my ears up and uh, made me want to think about, well, it's not bad for you. I, you know, coffee can never be bad for you. Got defensive <laughs> real quick. Right. Right. And it was, uh, it was an interesting conversation. Um, it was cute because they are not coffee people. You know, they, uh, Liz doesn't drink coffee and doesn't really know much about brewing coffee. And so it was kind of an interesting take, but it also sort of reminded me of who our audience, part of our audience is about the coffee people that, you know, try and Google stuff about the way they brew it and, um, all the misconceived notions out there about coffee well, on the internet. Well, we, we've so, definitely talked... Joseph is... Yeah, go I ahead. was going to say, we, we've <laughs> definitely talked a lot about the the way that coffee information is presented and how... I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it in this way. It's been on my mind a lot more lately. But most of, most of the information that I see online is presented in a way not to educate you accurately, but in order to take advantage of uh, some kind of, of fear or interest that you have in order to drive you to some kind of action. Right. Like a, it's like a clickbait, you know, I mean, I mean, but th- there's, there's, there's also the reasons why to, that information is presented. <laughs> there's clickbait to stuff that's, that's actually useful. And then there's like all the companies that take advantage of one side of the health argument or another on coffee. When the information that we actually have it's more it's more in a gray area in the middle like we have a we have a fair amount of information that is right. is correlated that shows interesting things but nothing is definite i think coffee's at a weird weird little kind of crossroads with a lot of that because every way you brew coffee is different and you know almost every time you brew coffee it can be different because of all the variability coffee's also really complicated there's so many different components in it and different roasts and different ways to extract that that it becomes daunting to kind of articulate any one track for the science and also science is complicated so when we start talking about cholesterol and esters and and lipids and things like that it it's really easy to get confused about what's actually in that cup of coffee is coffee french press coffee bad for us joseph is french press coffee bad a for lie? Us? um so the, their their assessment based off their googling they asked they, they had the same re- reaction why would it be bad for you and they they discovered the uh, conversation around how unfiltered coffee essentially can increase your cholesterol. Right, without ever using the word filter in that whole podcast. <laughs> right. They uh, well, because well, they were talking about French press coffee. So French press coffee, people will think French press coffee is filtered. French press traditionally is it's filtered by a metal filter, which isn't really filtering it. It's just a sieve that keeps the grounds out of your cup. So it's basically unfiltered right. coffee. When it comes to the oils and those little particulates and stuff like that, it's basically unfiltered. Right. Kind of like espresso, which they also talk about. But it's not nearly as fine of a filter as the papers, paper filters. Right. So one of the things that they they said, uh, which which got me to being like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's... Uh, but I've I've done I've done a lot of research on this because it's one of the places where uh, quote unquote a lot of research, but I've done <laughs> I've done a reasonable amount of research. <laughs> this is one of the places where people or a lot of misconceptions start to happen. So they came to the conclusion that yes, uh, I actually wrote this down. Um, yes, there's cholesterol in it. Yes, it's bad for you. I think is a direct quote from their show. They definitely said that there's cholesterol in the coffee, which is not accurate. Right. 
and they weren't quite as direct saying the cholesterol is bad for you, but it does add to the bad cholesterol, I think is what they're trying to potentially right. could add to the bad cholesterol in your diet already by having too much of unfiltered coffee. Right. Uh, I, I think her, her end assessment was reasonable in that it's not, it's not really a problem unless you have a cholesterol problem and then it could be a problem, which is kind of the ultimate conclusion. But I did want to clarify what is actually happening with the coffee. So yeah, let's, let's first talk about the cholesterol and those kind of, those kind of fatty things. In sure. There. What's in coffee that is being looked at, which has a correlation with increasing LDL cholesterol or serum cholesterol, is uh, there are two, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, diterpenes, cafestol and caweol, which are just, just chemical compounds, and they have a correlation of an increase in serum cholesterol. So I'm actually going to link to a few research studies about all this in the show notes, so you can go like read about it yourself if you'd like, but... All the studies basically show the same thing in that a certain amount of consumption of these, of cafestol and caloyol, is correlated to a slight increase in serum cholesterol. And that's it. It's a correlation. It's not a like a definitive. Right. And it seemed like what they're talking about is it's not, it's pretty much negligible. I mean, they can, it exists in there, but it's pretty much negligible until you get over like six to eight eight, maybe 10 cups of coffee a day. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think I've come to the same conclusion that they did, which, so if, if you're like a healthy person, you don't have cholesterol issues, you can drink a couple cups of, of coffee a day and be fine. You might measure like an average higher level of cholesterol than usual, but it's not going to be anything that really affects you at all. If you have like serious cholesterol issues and you know, your doctor is like, you need to lower your cholesterol, then you probably don't want to be drinking a lot of unfiltered coffee every single day. There's enough of a co correlation there that I think people should be aware of it. And there's plenty of other ways to drink coffee where you don't consume those things. Right. To me, it's interesting that there would be that much, that would be that much potential in just a few cups of coffee to potentially tip the scales. Mm -hmm. So I would think at that point, mm -hmm. if, if, if you're that sensitive and your body's that sensitive, because there's other health effects that come along with high cholesterol, and I would think like high blood pressure, and I would think that there'd be other aspects of the coffee that you'd also want to avoid, like in six cups of coffee, like all that like caffeine. Like all the caffeine. That, that's a good point. If that is a concern to you, all the caffeine is probably a greater issue. I didn't write these details down. They're in the research, but off the top of my head... I think it was uh, six to eight cups of coffee, and you can see, I think you have to do this regularly for a little while, but you see an increase in your serum cholesterol of 10 points of whatever the measurement is. <laughs> very specific. <laughs> I know, I know it's very specific. But if you're, if, you're me if you're like measuring your cholesterol, if it's a concern to you, like you're going to your doctor and you're getting your blood work done, then you probably have that cholesterol number in your head. Like this right. is this is something that that I actually keep in mind, uh, just because there's a you know a small history of heart disease in my family, and my cholesterol is is very fine. It's like just in the normal range. So like drinking French press wouldn't have any effect on me from that perspective. I have noted personally that French press does not make me feel as good as paper filtered coffee like just unfiltered coffee and in general french press or espresso or anything like that i uh i agree that it it i notice a difference in that and i've kind of stopped brewing french press and part of that is because of the unfiltered aspect of it it's not because of the cholesterol mm -hmm. for me but it's just that there's 
you get a lot more particulates in that coffee yeah. and it, it can just mess with your gut a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but you get a lot more, you just get all that material. It's the, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not my preferred way to brew coffee. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, con- but it's a great way for people to get into fresh brewed coffee because it's a really easy concept, and so I really applaud people brewing with French. Oh, press, absolutely! But- it's my number one recommendation. In fact, in the 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 course that I put out about mastering brewing at home, it's my number one recommendation for for figuring that out because the French press is is about mastering the fundamentals. Like you make a good French press if you can measure your coffee and your water, and then you can figure out your grind, and then you can focus on freshness. Uh, like, it's very easy to make a consistently good French press uh, yep. and learn all the basics of brewing coffee. And then you can bump up to and something that's, else. That's true. Right. And that's actually a, a way that we taste our coffee often is making French presses mm-hmm. because it's easy to be so consistent. You and I have done that for stuff on the show. Here. Right, right. You know, we've done tests and things like that, but we've used just the consistency of the French press. It's not really affected by how you pour it versus a Chemex. You know, the way you pour it and your flow rate and all that is will affect the whole flavor. Right. So side-by-side comparisons are hard, but French presses are easy. Also, in times of pandemic, it's a French presses are a really good way to kind of get that raw coffee flavor for tasting the coffee with other people mm. and still having your own private cup. Right. Uh, for, you know, it, it's the closest brew method to mimicking a cupping. It's also super easy to do even if you don't have a French press because you're just fully immersing coffee and water in a container. So yep. I, I did a video for this for the magazine a couple months ago where I just used a jar and then filtered it with a towel. Here, here's something else interesting I ran across in in one of these studies, the way they talk about this, the way you talk about the cafestol and the caliol. They talk about them being suspended in the oils and floating fines. So I thought that was really interesting because one of the reasons I do the scooping method when I do a French press is... Because it removes mm. a bunch of those oils, and I also feel better drinking right. the scooped French press than I do an unscooped French press. So I'm wondering Yo. if scooping the French press like you do in cupping actually removes... Like, I wonder how much of the cafestol and caliol hey, that removes. That's, uh, you know? I, feel like, I feel like we need to go back to that experiment. I think that you're really onto something. I would, I, would, I would suspect that a lot of those... Well, if they're suspended in the oils, the cholesterol components are suspended in those oils those oils are going to be attracted to the particulates on the top kind of like a sponge Mm -hmm. and the you know they're ionized a little bit so they're going to just be attracted to that and so i imagine if you just you know gently scrape it off like a cupping bowl like what you do that that would inherently just not bonded to it but they're just going to be more attracted to those grounds and then you're swooping them up right those cute little cholesterol molecules don't don't really know what hit them and they're just in the sink. So that's something interesting to think about. Uh, <laughs> I also wonder how the Espro press so, deals with them because I noticed that the Espro press, it's still a metal fi- metal filter, but they're, it's two of them and they're very fine mesh filters. Right. So yeah, interesting thoughts to think about. I have about. to say that about the Espro. I really don't like double filters like that because over time they're impossible to clean. Oh, well, yeah, there is that aspect to it. <laughs> I'm going to throw one more study in with the notes because uh, this yeah. is like we're, we're talking oh, okay. about the negative health uh, impact of unfiltered coffee on like your cholesterol. But there is at least this one study I found, which is like a potential positive health impact uh, study suggesting that the caffeol and caweol may have anti-angiogenesis properties. And just a brief angiogenesis is formation of new blood cells, which in my understanding... Yeah. This is this is total two non doctor process because I've just googled everything. 
<laughs> two non-doctors to two non-doctors talking about coffee. The two, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, my understanding is that the angiogenesis, it happens naturally, but it's regulated by body processes. And as it relates to cancer, that gets out of control. So there's been, you know, I've, I've heard and read a lot of things about anti-angiogenesis compounds in the last you know, right. 10 years or so. So I think it's, a, it's like a new hip thing to think about. I think it's more than just being hip. I think that there's a lot of a lot of new studies that have come about, you know, how a blood right certain types of cancers are really affected by what's in our blood. And there's a lot of a lot of studies about how actual beneficial coffee mm-hmm. is for you. And I think that aside from hypersensitivity sensitivity to the caffeine and maybe this higher cholesterol, like you know, and then just the general you right. know, acids in your belly for the food that you consume. I think aside from that, like coffee coffee is really darn good for you because Mm -hmm. it does promote a lot of blood movement and development. Uh, There's a lot of antioxidants in the coffee. Uh, We've talked many times about lighter roasted coffees having a lot more of those minerals, magnesium and things like that in it that are good for our systems to have and are in higher concentrations in coffee than other foods that we generally eat. I'm still going to stick by coffee being wholly good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's my job. Um, when it comes down to like <laughs> unfiltered versus filtered, personally, I just go with what makes me feel best and which, you know, I also enjoy the taste of. So I lean towards paper filtered coffee just because like yep. I feel really, really good, like in all the ways. So I guess paper filter coffee. I would like to. Yeah, I would like to offer the Maria Shahada that um, she try a Chemex. Mm-hmm. I think that that will satisfy what she likes about the volume of coffee that she makes. Yep. And also try out some of that filter on there and see what she thinks. Yeah. They also brought up another another area that I think we should address because it's it's yeah. it's an important thing and it and it comes up a lot. Um you and I have done a uh I think it was a April Fools episode about this topic in general. What's the etiquette of telling somebody that you don't like the coffee <laughs> they made for you? And Yeah. Well, it's, in our episode we talked about what foods you can you can eat to cover up the coffee you don't like. There's there's was talking about like if you're at a cafe and you're a coffee connoisseur, coffee snob, mm-hmm. and you don't like the coffee, how do you how do you say that? Yeah. Do you say that? Do you just throw it away? Do you ask for a refund? Like I mean, what's the etiquette there? And I and I think that's an important thing as us coffee people. It's just general foodies want to support small businesses that you got to be nice to people. Yeah. So how do you how do you tell them you don't like their coffee? Yeah, that's true. There's another another element to the conversation there. Um, I, I was thinking about this as we were talking about all the Cafestal and Calbiol stuff, is uh, that this part of their conversation came out from telling the story of, of one of, was it Maria's friends? So they would go on tour, and one of her <laughs> friends on tour, she described him as a coffee connoisseur, and he would always seek out independent cafes and such. So I was just much laughing much in, applause for that i was just laughing in my head about the conversation we were having because we were having a very very nerdy coffee conversation <laughs> responding to people who are like uh you know completely the opposite about coffee well that's exactly that's exactly why i want to bring right. this up on the show because yeah <laughs> um and i mean and they had a serious conversation too but so like the the scenario that you're about to describe yeah. i think before i interrupted you was that their friend Every time they ordered coffee, would be like, "This is great, thank you guys so much." Would tip and then walk out the door. And occasionally, he would just throw the cup away when they got, you know, out of eyesight of the building. And she was confused at why you would do that. Like, why would you tell them it's good coffee and then throw it away? Because it seems like they would never improve their coffee if nobody told them that it wasn't as good as it could be. Right. Um, yeah. And her her response to that was was very much like, "How how is this person going to grow their business if you don't if you don't tell them you know what's wrong with what they're doing?" Which I think right. from a 
from like a broad point of view makes a lot of sense. Um, but in this approach, like that doesn't really work. You can't like the, the real answer is that those people already believe that what they're making is amazing. Uh, so if you say otherwise or or good enough or good enough, amazing or good enough. And if you say otherwise, you're just going to be dismissed as like, you know, you're running a business. You believe in what you're doing. Someone comes in and is like, this is crap. And you're just going to be like, okay, thanks. Go ahead and leave your one star yep. review. You, you know, <laughs> right. So I person. think there's, there's, there's a few things I want to touch on real quick. Sure. I think that there's, there's the aspect of just how coffee's sold, mm-hmm. right? So I know that our drive through stand has a medium roasted coffee and it's not as interesting to a bunch of hipsters, but it is what sells and what sells to people in their cars waiting for coffee and they love it. And so, you know, there's a matter of difference versus the economics and then also what your preference might be. And as a cafe owner, you might just punt and just say, well, this is what we're making because this is what our customers generally want. And there always will be connoisseurs of every walk that won't like it as much, Mm -hmm. whether it's too dark or too light or, you know, different kind of milk or whatever. So that's part of it. I think that, um, so I guess I would like to put it in a little perspective for the comedians um, as far as how you talk about this. Because as a small bonus business owner, it uh, it can really hurt your feelings to be sort of heckled in the middle of serving coffee to people um, about specific nuances about their business, like how they're making their coffee or how they're roasting their coffee. And so I, I picture that like as a stand-up um, comedian, you get a lot of feedback about how good you're doing based on the general applause and how people, the attention you get from the audience, you know? And I think that, that that's good feedback and you can tell if a joke falls flat because people don't laugh as hard as when they, you know, when you really get a good joke in. But it really doesn't help the comedian with any kind of feedback to have somebody come up to them and be like, hey, well, you're, you know, like at that moment, like, hey, your your punchline was off or your, you know, your cadence could have been better this way or whatever. It doesn't it doesn't help in that moment to have one individual kind of interrupt your flow to critique what your service is, what you're what you're doing. And so I guess I would disagree that like the cafe owner isn't going to learn from one person being like, hey, this isn't very good today. Like they'll learn a lot from just the general feel of what everybody else in line is thinking about their coffee and their tips and their general reviews and what their employees think about the coffee, you know, versus if that same person came back at a different time, if their friends with the owner came back on a like not business day and said, you know, have you thought about doing this with your coffee or, you know, maybe changing the blend a little bit that that would be, that would resonate a lot more. But if you're just traveling and you're visiting a cafe, your opinion isn't going to make a difference in that cafe. And so I think it's better just to applaud them for what they're doing and and that you're also paying for that good customer service not just for the quality of the coffee you right. know and that's that's why you don't bring it up in that moment mm-hmm. well he also uh i think maria mentioned that he he expressed an interest in supporting the small local businesses uh, not necessarily in getting a good cup of coffee exactly although i'm sure I he hoped to get a good cup that. of coffee but I think it's it's more important to find those those independent businesses and and support them. And also just to, to tack on to some of the things you're saying from a business perspective, there's a disconnect between the objective and subjective quality of coffee and the success of a cafe business. You know, lots of people love lots of people actually love like dark burnt roast. And most people just right. don't know. Like she herself even said, uh, I don't even know what good coffee would taste like. This tastes like chocolate and caffeine, right. you know? And so I think most people are actually looking for coffee-flavored beverages, not actual coffee. And that plays right. into the and whole it, thing. 
and I believe Liz brought that up with like Dunkin' Donuts and how much coffee they're putting, sugar and stuff they're putting into their coffee as a, you know, watching that as a kid. Yeah, actually, you brought that up. I'd forgotten about that part of it that they don't, they definitely acknowledge that they don't know that yeah. much about, well, about that they also good said coffee. That, and yeah. I think, I think conversely is that they haven't actually experienced the juxtaposition between bad coffee and good coffee, you know, and right. that generally the industry is kind of on that, on that former side of sort of like not the most, not the best coffee, not, you know, not the most attention spent on their coffee. And that's what generally people are experiencing. And so it's harder to find really good coffee. It's harder to, you know, especially at a cafe. But I think that, you know, we hear that a lot as our roasters that people, um, they can never go back to their Costco coffee after having ours because it's fresh and has a lot more flavors. We're buying much, much nicer raw coffee going into it. And it just generally tastes better. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what roast. I mean, even our darkest roast that we do, people still bring back those comments. It's almost more on the dark roast because those are the people that are drinking the worst coffee are the dark roast drinkers because that's, you know, hipsters don't really skew that direction. The tasting, this is this has been my observation just from watching people go through the process. Tasting good coffee won't immediately tell you what good coffee tastes like and what bad coffee tastes like. But if you taste good coffee and you repeat that process a few times, when you go back to what you used to drink, suddenly the contrast will be there. Suddenly yep. you'll be drinking coffee and you'll be like, what is this nasty, acrid film that's happening in my mouth? What yep. is this What is this disgustingness? Where did this come from? It's like, it was there all, it was there all along. Molecules coated right. in mouth. It was there all along. Right. You just, like your body kind of filtered that out and you convinced yourself you liked it because of all the good experiences that you had with it like all the especially if you went through you know having that with with flavorings and and milk and such you attached a certain experience and expectation of coffee and then tasting good coffee you inevitably reframe how your like you naturally your body naturally processes that information without you even realizing right. it until you go back and have that contrast and then suddenly suddenly you can be like oh yeah okay now i know what crap coffee tastes like <laughs> right um and actually i experience that fairly often there's a little drive through stand when i'm headed back into seattle that i often stop at mm -hmm. um and they uh they're really really nice and they remember my drink already like they're really hilarious employees that are it's just fun going there their coffee is terrible. <laughs> and I, I mean, and I, I order a lot. Like I order a quad shot Americano, mm -hmm. but you know, I always get a little bit of cream in it because it's just heavy roast and it doesn't sit well. Yeah. The cream sort of mutes a lot of that acrid acidity, you know, but mm -hmm. it's, it's also sort of part of my routine. So, you know, support the small business, support those employees, be nice to them. And then, you know, I don't drink all that coffee, but it's what I want for the road and it's where I want it for the road. But yeah, you go back and taste that coffee, that bad coffee and it's, it's night and day, right? It really is. That's funny you say that because um, so this is my this is my birthday month, and I'm I'm flirting with the idea of getting my free coffee from Starbucks. <laughs> and I'm like, at first I was like, nah, I, really don't. I don't think I've actually done that for the past couple of years. But then I was like, maybe I'll just get tea. But eh. the uh, the roastery sometimes has some interesting things, so I might um, I might venture to uh, to try a thing or two. You know, assuming I can. I mean, I think you should get one of those you know, coffees. If anything, you get a coffee. free bathroom for your use on your birthday. <laughs> there were a couple other things in the conversation they were having, which we don't necessarily need to get into, but it's just that perception of perception of what good coffee is and 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 why you should drink it. There, there was one quote she said about um, how she drinks anything a teenager would drink, 
which I think is a really like pervasive perspective on on coffee in general, just in society. It's like I I, I wrote this whole thing about about coffees which are like heavily flavored. It's like milk and sugar are kind of for younger, less sophisticated people. And there's this like stair-stepped approach so that when you get to the point where you're drinking like straight brewed coffee, you're like an adult. And I remember having this perspective when I first got into coffee. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's like a really silly concept, but it actually goes beyond coffee. Ice cream companies, you think about how mm-hmm. ice cream has all these adult brands. They've had to like completely rebrand ice cream in order to sell it to adults because I think just ice cream in general has this classic kind of like childlike aura to it. Even though we all love ice cream and want to eat it all the time. Oh man, I love ice oh, cream. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, as an adult, I prefer ice cream that comes in a container that I can reuse. <laughs> Get some of that Talenti. <laughs> That's what I've learned. Yep. Oh, I have so many of those. Now I put pizza dough in them and give them to my friends. Uh, I actually like using um, them for coffee. That works pretty well. You know, they're, yeah, they're, they're good. Not, they're not yeah. I have like... But, you know, put some good good amount of coffee in there if you haven't already stocked up on jars like i have anyways ice cream just wanted to oh i was gonna say that's what i was gonna say i remember vividly when i became an adult i had been ordering chai for a long time and that was my coffee shop drink was a chai Mm. and then one morning when i was 15 they asked if i wanted chai because i was a regular and so they would always have my drinks ready for me and i said no you know i'm gonna have a latte today and that's when i moved to espresso and milk instead of chai felt very adult getting a drink without sugar in it that wasn't sweet yeah so i can totally relate to that moment especially as a as a younger person of just you know your palate is changing and Mm -hmm. you acknowledge that and change what you're drinking uh i mean there's something to be said just about how humans love sweet sugary things you know and coffee would be no different than that right well i mean think about how you come into this world and what you start off consuming (laughs) <laughs> milk and fat <laughs> <laughs> okay good good example joseph that was excellent thank you it's it's true that's that's like <laughs> that's 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 like the root of the psychology and all this anyway your comment on chai was making me remember um i also started with with chai way back in the day at what was the cafe in the u district that um slate bought why can't i remember the name right now Oh, Tremont. Tremont, yeah. Tremont had wonderful chai. Uh, I would go there for the chai. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, eventually dove into coffee. So there we are. That's a, yep. that's a really... Now you have a podcast. ...really nerdy look at um, at coffee. A very not funny approach to a bunch of comedians talking about coffee. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. Do we get too serious about our coffee? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to remember what hat I have on. I think for the podcast, we we are adequately serious about our coffee, considering it's Coffee Lovers Radio. That's true. Um, generally in life, yeah, I take my coffee a little too seriously, but I also have expanded my tolerance for other people's coffee and coffee routines since I understand more of the small business side of it. Right. I'm just getting a product out there. Yeah, that's true. I was just, uh, I ran across a comment on uh, LinkedIn from someone in the in the coffee industry about how the coffee industry always takes itself way too seriously. But that's a whole nother conversation. Well, 
every industry takes themselves too seriously. That's the that's what industry is, right? I mean, <laughs> that's a, true. Auto manufacturer takes car industry way too seriously, right? You want to talk about Elon Musk and Tesla? Like he takes that way too seriously. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe the two non doctors. Other things too, like if yeah. if they if they listen all the way through on this episode, maybe they would do us. Um, the enjoyment of talking about uh, how comedians take their industry too seriously. I don't know. Do they? I don't know that they do. I'm just, I'm assuming it's an industry. Someone's got to take that too seriously. What does that look like? I'd like to, I'd uh, like to hear about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think other than like just doing it all the time, as far as like a job goes, I can't, I, I can't imagine a, a comedian being too serious about being a comedian other than being serious about being an artist and performing and, you know, yeah. being a woman in show business and stuff like that. I mean, those are various serious, serious topics to. Well, be, before they into, before but. they switched off to their next topic in the show, as they were ending their their conversation about coffee, uh, one of them did mention that she in this in this subject of like uh, seriousness and like nerdiness that she was starting to get rather discerning about her comedy and things that she noticed in in the comedian space. So. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they've already talked about that, and I should just listen to more That's of their true. shows. But anyway, <laughs> I mean that would be a really good conversation. I think that that would offer some perspective. It would be great. Maybe they'll be on our show sometime with us. That would be a lot of fun. Um, Do you want to tell us about the chonker before we? Uh... Chonker is a it's a uh, it's a sparrow that I've named Chonker. Little birds crack me up. I think they're great, and this year has been particularly adorable with all the little critters and all the time to watch them. So I've been watching this little flock of sparrows get bigger, um, like a dozen of them that come and eat all this bird seed I throw out on the lawn for them and stuff like that. And they, uh, mama comes down and goes to the bird feeder and like comes down and feeds them out of their mouths. So they're slowly kind of figuring out how to use the bird feeder in the last couple of weeks. But there's one of these little guys that is a really funny shape for a sparrow. He's just not a normal, a normal looking sparrow. He's, um, he's chunky. He's, uh, has a giant body and like the regular sparrow head like he's hugely obese like i would say almost i mean you saw the photo yeah, i sent you joseph yeah. i would say he's like 50 percent larger body than the rest of the sparrows like wider not not bigger right in all dimensions just like barrel just chest like a giant round sparrow and he just like hops around and so as we we're starting the podcast he was hopping around eating some bread crust i threw out there Oh. Jesse and the chunk. So maybe it's just diabetes that I'm causing by feeding them prepared bread. But I don't know. <laughs> you got to do something Every without day, all the chunk. bread you're making. I wish you you told me that uh, the story of I don't know if that was just yesterday of him tripping into the little <laughs> hole in the board and getting, getting yeah, his a, yeah. butt stuck. <laughs> I know. I saw a bird trip and fall. I, I've never seen that before. It was just walking, looking at the food, and <laughs> fell over a. a it's a knot hole through my bench, through my uh, bar. I feel like I feel bar. like many of us can relate to that experience. Oh, 100%. Yeah. All the time. I mean, I stumble all the time. And I would never be like, man, I feel like a burr tripping and falling. You know? Well, I, I feel yeah. like more like a dog with an ice cream box stuck on my head running into <laughs> stuff, usually. But. I especially like the aspect of that, how he was staring at the food as he was walking. And then he tripped and fell. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Chonking around, trips and falls. Well, uh, if you've listened thus far, I, I like when I start to address people listening. I'm like, if you're listening, if you're not listening, I don't know how you're hearing me. But uh, thank you for listening. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. 
go become a patron of our show. Um, yep. See the chalker. Come check out our Zooms on Friday mornings. Friday, 9 a.m. specific time. Oh, man. Should we make the chonker our mascot for the Patreon? Be like, chonker tier is the first uh, one. <laughs> we can support, support the chonker. Uh, it might be too, too much of an inside joke. But that's what the Patreon is. It's supposed to be inside. It's just an inside joke. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Mateo. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that part. I wanted to come back about... Nobody's listening at this point. Oh, it's fine. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Mateo's coffee. We were talking about the etiquette of telling people about their coffee. And, you know, that kind of occurred to me that if I'm going to have his coffee up on the up on the podcast, then, you know, obviously you need to be nice to it. Otherwise, there's no point in ridiculing right. it. Right. But I just wanted to reiterate to Mateo, if he's still listening, that this is really a fantastic cup of coffee. It's balanced well, and it's lingering through the whole, you know, it's a cold cup now, lingering through the whole episode and... uh and I really appreciate it. So I just want you to know, Mateo, that you're roasting really well. And it's it's fun to see the improvements and see the, the brand grow and your cool new labels. So we'll post that up there for sure. Cheers. 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 This has been Joseph. And Jesse. With Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows and click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Just visit coffeeloversradio.com and we'll see you on the show.